Hey guys, welcome back to the Corrective Culture Podcast. I was thinking last night how funny it is that like I'm, I'm always introing it. Yeah, you know, I just like it like that. I reckon. It'd oh, be should sick. I do one? one yeah, I reckon we go right one for now. one. Do it right yeah, now. go. Hey guys. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you actually really have a good radio voice, you know? Like, <laughs> you got a good radio voice, too. Yeah. I don't know. I just can't follow it into something, I guess. Uh. Yeah. Talk to the guys. Hmm. Tell, tell them where we Fix are. Fix me. Tell them where we are. <laughs> Fix me, daddy. Yeah. So, it's we have Nicholas Perry on the podcast today. Our good friend, Rhythm Health, is, mm. his, is his stage name, Instagram <laughs> name. And yeah. Um, and yeah, nice to have you again, bro. But who are you really? Wow. Yeah. Well, that's, that's <laughs> after I... It's nice, and then we'll go to that question. Um, so good, so fucking good to be here. Genuinely, have missed you guys. Do, bro. Mm. It's kind of weird for me to reflect on the how how much time it's been, especially since I met you, dude. It's been yeah. like nearly seven years, man. Yeah, true, true. Actually, yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that's wow, crazy. has it been I'll, that long? On the way here, really? I was thinking about when we did that <clears throat> session at yours. Remember? Yeah, yeah, like you gave us a massage and that. That's that was right. right. Place yeah. it, uh, Wherever, was that Tweed? I don't know where that was. No, that was Tugan. Tugan, so right. South Gold Coast. Yeah. That was yeah. the first time you introduced me to the Obtrader Internus. Oh, yeah. Externus. Yeah, and yeah. You got Obtrader right up into my anus. And it was really good. It was nice. Just uh, <laughs> just, uh, just below the sphincter, you'll, uh, <laughs> you'll find that it's muscle. actually, yeah, really good one. Mm. It and is. I, I remember yeah. I actually decimated your pec major tissue as well. That yes. You did. And since... Since we last saw each other, well, especially since the podcast, is you've had a child. Dos, dos children. Do- oh, yeah, dos children. Yeah, I, dos, uh, wait, did you have one? Yeah, my, my boy is over two years old. He's two and a half. Okay, and, no, and man, okay, maybe you did have <laughs> just mm, had a child then. My little girl is seven months. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Wow. And, um, and how's life changed in that sense? Um. In every way imaginable, yeah. <laughs> like I've I've changed in I have changed fundamentally. So my relationship with life and my relationship with the world has changed fundamentally. Mm-hmm. Like my awareness, my lens of perception, my sense of uh, responsibility, and my sense of duty around like service and contribution has like leveled up, um, incomprehensibly. It's yeah. it's just a, a whole new level of awareness to operate from, mm. a whole new level of accountability too. And what about your relationship with your your partner since having a child together? How does that change? Um, it's it changes fundamentally, mm. absolutely. So, uh, oh, how can I articulate the change? The change is so. Um, like, you st- like you still rosin that or <laughs> still throw the leg over? Oh yeah, still get on the workbench. Um, yes, less so, less yeah. so. So yeah. definitely, with this you know this stage of life and parenthood, mm. there's less sex for sure. That's yep. like yeah, a given. Hey, uh huh, yeah. Um, and and the, the there's no part of us that's like oh like bummed about yeah. it. We're like where where we still do mm. and. Okay, maybe this is a good way to lubricate what I'm trying to say is the way it's changed the relationship is it has expanded our relationship in a in a like a you know a typically expansive way 
we we are deeper in union. We're deeper in um, our shared vision and values. Like it has to go that way. And if it doesn't go that way, it's torturous. Mm. And and we definitely, you know, we get the feedback in the relationship where there is disconnect there, and then inevitably those things that are put to the side because it's like inconvenient to address or we're tired to address it, like inevitably we end up in resentment. And that's the prerequisite for, for splitting up. So we have a, like we've cultivated a culture in the relationship where we recognize that it needs more intentional work. Yeah, like okay. the connection and the, you know, grounding each other and regulating each other and um, cultivating intimacy and, and expanding into intimacy doesn't happen on its own anymore. Like it mm. organically would when we're like, yeah. oh, let's go in the van and do, you know, like three nights, you know, somewhere and bar and it's just we're just in the flow. Mm. This stage of parenthood demands structure mm. yeah. to, you know, to to balance and manage the responsibilities of self, of family, of fucking business, and of course of each other, our relationship in that. So we've had to create structure. Yeah, we've had to create structure around those things in a way we didn't have to before. So that's another way that it's changed. Mm. Is. Yeah, and I guess that could happen even without children, hey, how you're talking about I guess maybe enough time of being with someone the same thing can start to happen maybe even without the child in the sense of um, the nine to five, like you both just go to work, come home, watch a movie, fucking do it all over again, you know? Yep, massively, massively. Because you see a lot of, um, I guess the problem with a lot of relationships is people get bored and and you wonder where that boredom stems from. Does it stem from wanting to have sex with other people or just like the excitement of the same thing over and over again goes out the window? And like you said, it's, it's making... Making time for those things because you, you you can reflect on other people's relationships sometimes and you look, you're like, fuck, I can see how that would be depressing after a while <laughs> if you yeah. see their, their, their rhythm, you know. Monotonous and mundane. Monotonous, yeah. And, and um, depleting, depleting of its zest. Yeah. There is, there's actually a framework for this. Um, I learned this in, in my men's work. The four priorities. So you might have heard me talk about it. So for the, for like the modern man in the modern world, who's you know just about everybody, as you say, kids or not, there's four primary priorities that we would hope to have um, positioned in a functional flow. So work, your partner, your family, and yourself. So when those priorities fall out of order the 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 feedback will come right there is there's literally a position that those need to land and if they don't land in that way over time you will get the negative feedback of putting things you know out of whack so how it needs to be is self first absolutely mm-hmm. right in absence of that whatever you're putting above you you will resent not only mm. that you will deplete and so you can't actually show up in your like fullness and your you know your inspired expression because you're not putting yourself first. Next has to be your partner. Has to be, mm. um, and that's really encounter- counterintuitive for a lot of people. Then the the third priority is family. So that relates to 
obviously if you've got kids, that's what we're referring to. Um, if you don't have kids, who's in your inner circle? Mm. Then work. So the paradigm a lot of people get caught in, myself included, I just default to this and I don't even realise, is work first, me last, kids second and my, my partner third. Mm. But it can land anywhere. So the fi- when, that, when it's positioned in that way and I tell myself stories that make it okay to do that, when I tell myself the story that, well, I need a provider and I need to pull my weight and I need to, you know, like contribute to the mortgage and this and that, so work has to be here. It's in service to the relationship. That's the story that justifies me putting work above it, you know, everything else. Mm-hmm. The reality, though, the feedback that, that manifests is disconnection in the relationship, depletion in my health. Um, it, it demonstrates something to my kids that I don't want them to model in their own adult life. And, so true. And it becomes um, dysfunctional. It's like mm-hmm. you're out of um out of alignment with the divine. Hey, when you're putting work exactly. first, like you're out of trust of the universe. Yes, right you know, on. Because like, you're living from a place of survival. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Survival generally pushes things in in that dysfunctional order. Yeah. The stories that we tell ourselves keep us in the dysfunctional order. Um, and the the amazing thing is how quickly reordering those priorities so literally making the choices in your life that go actually i'm going to create structure around my self-care again and i'm going to honor and discipline that huh libido's back Mm. patience is back nervous systems regulated um creation brain is back online um or you know all of those things that are synonymous with vitality are just like reinstated like that and then when my partner or whoever's partner is feels like a priority again and isn't pushed up the back, mm. then it's like, oh, that resentment dissolves because mm. it's not, you know, you're you're in partnership again, you're on the same team again, you are, you know where you're headed. Mm. But when work, it's like you imagine it as a bus. So number one priority is in the driver's seat, number four is up the back. So it's like if I'm trying to fucking steer the direction of this, you know, of the family – where are we going? I can hardly see out the windscreen because I'm valuing myself as the lowest priority here. I'm all mm-hmm. the way up the back. And that's where it gets confusing. That's where yeah. I can feel disillusioned and jaded by my work, things like that, because it's not in service to me anymore. Mm. But when it's up the back, it doesn't mean I work less. It's just that I have, I've, I've created a functional structure for those other things. Yeah, Yeah, yeah that's magic. Yeah, it's good, eh? Just uh, st- structure, structure, sort of what I take from that, eh? How, um, yeah, I, I watched this thing yesterday about how, like, for for men, a lot of the time, the them getting through something is is to make themselves feel powerful again, mm. in some sense, and and that that can come back to to self, right? Just going to the gym and eating well, like it, it's the momentum that makes you feel powerful, and um, and. What was I going to go into again? Fuck, I need some coffee. Well, stru- stru- structure was the kind of the, yeah, the, the doorway yeah. into your share. Yeah, yeah. So just just being structured, and I find when I'm when I'm going with the flow too much, it feels like chaos. Yeah, and it, and it doesn't mm. feel optimal. Even though you're getting heaps of shit done, it it feels like there's this constant feeling like we can all be better and you get more done. I yeah. don't know. But that's, that, again, that relates down to work I'm trying to think of, but like I've never actually thought about structure before of 
in your relationship yeah. or structure like all right every every friday we or every, you know every second friday we go we eat you know we do this we, mm. we go somewhere and that's where you're talking about that balance of work because then work is going to provide the finances to then create those spontaneous uh exciting things you can do with your partner yeah that yeah. that rely on a little bit of fucking cash you know if you want to go to let's say go to paris baby let's go to paris next week you know <laughs> yeah. like stuff mm. like that so. yeah and i think like that's like fulfillment hey like because you're successful, right? Mm. But fulfillment comes from something much deeper. I reckon like fulfillment comes from like purpose and like knowing that the money doesn't mean shit, but you yeah. can still do it anyway. It's yeah. Like, yeah. For helping others, eh? Yeah. Yeah. It's like making someone else's life good with what you've done. Like, yeah. I, I saw a meme today of like this, this mansion with like four Ferraris out the front. And then it's like, that's what you think you need. And then here it was like a farm with like animals and shit like that. And I'm like, yeah, but it depends. It They're does. both pretty good. Yeah. But if you know that that's just the shiny diamond and it's not going to bring happiness and you have that too, it's kind of like this like balance that we can, in the Western world, use to our advantage and, yeah. and use it for some good too. It's um, yeah. Yeah, it's so cliche how money doesn't buy happiness, right? But it, it, mm. it buys freedom. But it buys Ferraris. Buys Ferraris. <laughs> Dude, they, make, buys, they go pretty fast. Yeah, I've been pretty happy for a while. <laughs> yeah, but I remember when we did like, say one day we did a really good sale and it made a lot of money and i remember i was playing chess with my roommate rowdy and i remember thinking looking at it like i'm not even one percent happier right now <laughs> yeah 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 i know me too like, i didn't give a fuck if it's this amount or this amount it's like because you because you are where you are right now i was sitting there playing chess you know so yeah like, and i was happy still but i feel like i'm always some sense pretty happy i'm never like down no you are you're very you're very balanced like that yeah never and i think as as the business has gotten bigger and we've seen sales go up and we've seen things like that what it's taught me is really like about detachment because mm. like there was a time there where i was like remember i, I spoke it at the last financial year meeting i was like i'm so stressed <laughs> like yeah. i i am so worried about this money going mm. because mm. it like if we don't have 50 grand in the account how are we going to actually buy anything and keep moving forward and um biggest thing i've learned is like how to detach from money and have a good relationship with it like and complete trust Mm. and you just keep moving forward you keep trying to help people put the good energy out there and it just comes somehow mm-hmm. it's fucking bizarre mm. i mean we have big goals and big dreams but i mean you got to know where you're going but still it's just when you can detach from it it flows when you try and hold on to it it does not flow yeah it's easy, it's easy to have big dreams with someone else too like i find mm-hmm. like because you feel like you got if you both got that big dream it's using both your manifestation power you know it's yeah a, it's like 100%. you you and Juliet. hey like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's the yeah. whole, you know, I, I, as 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 you guys are sharing the, these insights and your personal process and, and self-reflections around like what's the consciousness behind the conflict I experience, whether it's real or not. It's like the, the because we're talking about structure too, it's like the, the guiding structure and another analogy is the filters for my decisions uh, is the values hierarchy mm. that I choose and embody. Mm. So, when so you, true. When you talk about, um, you, know, you know, big payday mm. and you're like, well, I was good before that figure showed up. Yeah. So that's isn't that great feedback that sort of affirms, well, I'm living congruently. I'm living in alignment with the values hierarchy that's important to me. Mm. So I'm not dependent on that external feedback to be like, oh, yeah, now like 
here's happiness. You know, here's happiness. Go spend your happiness. You're like, I'm playing chess. I'm present playing chess. Yeah. Um, mm. This is something that's important to me. Uniquely to me, this is something that I would want to be doing. You know, this is something part of the reason I work is to have the spaciousness in my life to be present playing chess. Yeah, so true. You know, that's that's a a guiding force in establishing structure in your life. It's going, what the fuck is important to me? And auditing what isn't important to me, but it seems to take priority and then Mm. making that transition of, okay, well, I'm prioritising that. Which values hierarchy am I um, being influenced by? Mm. because pursuing that doesn't bring fulfillment doesn't bring happiness and it doesn't there isn't a reciprocity in my efforts out to you know the universe meeting me there so there's an incongruence and the the feedback is showing up as fucking stress and disillusionment and all you know burnout all of that shit so like you guys have been on the journey to create structure that is informed by your values hierarchy, which is really mm. cool. Yeah, I hear what you're saying because, like, the we'd be doing it anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. whether the money came or it didn't, we'd still be doing this. Yeah. I mean, we might not have a full-time filmer, but we'd be filming each other and creating. Well, you didn't have a full-time filmer. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That only yeah, just came yeah, on. Like, you d- you've yeah. done it. You've, you've, you've walked the path. Yeah, exactly. Stay true. Yeah, exactly. I think yeah. for, for the listeners, like, what would be the, like – you know, you say values, like how, how can the, the listeners out there get clear on their values and, and direction in life? Yeah. Um, it's super important. So whenever I, whenever I, anything I run or any time I coach someone, I really do start around this, this question, this inquiry, which is uh, the core values, the core values framework. And I like to keep it simple. So anyone listening, it's like, yeah, there's a fucking shit ton of values, but you could say, you know, 20 of them and there's probably one word that you can capture the meaning of three of those values. So so find, you know, the point of writing core values down, connecting to what they are and then writing them down and then defining them in a way that's unique to you, it's, for the sim- it's to create simplification. So when your values hierarchy is easily accessible, your decision-making power and prowess becomes way more powerful. Um, how do you do it? You fucking do whatever you need to do to release whatever charge in your body is distracting you. Right. So if you have emotional charge or if you're dysregulated in your nervous system, if you've got a monkey mind running, look – do something about that because mm. how, how can I really offer a tool if you're in your own way in that aspect? And, and what I'm suggesting is that you need to get quiet and you need to get um, idealistic in this process as well, which is to say, yeah, what are the things that are most important to you? Connect to your inner child, connect to your inner elder, connect to these inner figures, these inner advisors to you that actually go, fuck. If you if money were no object, this is what you'd be doing. Mm. You know, like, like whatever it is, just get all of the conditions out of the way. Get the inner critic out of the way, in particular, that says that's wrong or that's immature or blah. blah. Like you need to meet with these aspects and just drop them just for ten minutes in this exercise. 
go, fuck, this is important to me. This is important to me. When I don't get this in my life, I feel like I'm missing out. You know, I feel depleted or, or disconnected or misaligned. And find the four or five things that are most important to you and let yourself be surprised with what you get down. Mm. Write them down in a succinct way and then in one maximum two sentences for each, define that. What is that? What does that mean? That word, what does that mean and what does it look like? That would be this, the first process that I would you know, facilitate for anyone to go through. And then like the next step from there is to go, okay, now write a story that is that includes the expression of these values, right? So write a day in the life of you five years from now, mm. real time, first person that describes you, you expressing these values or how these values are built into your reality. So for me, it's like I wake up um, and my little, you know, my little gorgeous magnolia is still asleep and so is my partner. The sun pierces through, you know, the, the window of our you know, Queenslander house we always dreamed of having. So I get up, I drink you know, my filtered water and I walk around the backyard feeling the cold dew on my feet and just taking the, the, the essence of the six acres that we've lived. You know, it's, it's like mm. I'm painting this picture. Mm. So in that I've got family, that's a core value of mine. I've got solitude, that's a core value of mine. I've got health, that's a core value of mine. I've got connection, that's a core value of mine. Mm. Right, so it's just sort of woven in and it's like, wow, okay, so those values expressed as my reality, fucking whatever the fuck you want. Mm. whatever you want no judgment. yeah how cool is that so that's yeah and nice. you can just go all the way through this dream day that sounds like a good day bro I was yeah like, oh, that's just mate that's the that's first like, bloody 10 minutes yeah. <laughs> that's fucking that's awesome i want to hear what would yours be um <laughs> about yeah i was i was i was thinking about that i was like and i was actually gonna ask you the same thing eh? but um beat you to it <laughs> <laughs> like if i i think about and actually took note of what you said before how like disconnected or or misaligned. I feel like the word that that responds to me is misaligned is when I'm doing things that are misaligned. So for me, if I think about the five years from now, sim- I, don't, I don't have a partner at the moment, right? But similar thing. That sounds really nice actually. Like I imagine then the same story but like waking up and training. I imagine Ooh, waking up yeah, and nice. like, like everyone's asleep, whatever, and I'm going to the gym and I'm doing my like – moving my body mm-hmm. and and I imagine studying because I find I find misaligned if I'm not constantly learning about the body. So learning is a core value of yours. Yeah, I guess Perfect. it is. Yeah. I reckon teaching for sure too. Like yeah. Yeah. Well exactly learning to teach. Yeah. So I, I mean I guess when you're teaching the learning never stops, right? So yeah, and I, I do I, that does ex- yeah, like you said, actually teaching. That does excite me. I I, I get excited about say jumping on like someday in the future on like a, a Zoom and there's all these sort of people that I want to learn. We're all talking about mm. the shoulder or we're all talking about whatever and we're all sharing. And and just good food, man. Always having access. Oh, and if maybe even a chef. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Like I, I think do. about this that. This is what I mean. See yeah. that, that yeah. giggle and that laugh? Yeah. I would invite you to meet with any resistance around saying that without a giggle and a laugh. Yeah, so true. a giggle and a laugh represents edge feedback yeah. in a you know therapy context. So yeah. it's like where there's laughs, like, oh, you just hit an edge. 
Because it sounded ridiculous almost. Like, that's your judgment. So yeah. you call it the judge, the judge, that's ridiculous. So yeah. then you'll, you'll find the, the, the belief system Very underneath true, that eh? of yeah. like unworthiness or whatever that is. So mm, you're like, yeah. oh, I can, in stating the dream as you are, yeah. in the idealistic way, the bold and beautiful idealistic way that you are, you're going to meet your resistance with a lot more clarity yeah. Than just trying to do shadow work and shadow hunting with no actually yeah that's really cool purpose. man so that's really anyway cool. that was just a little yeah. side note um, and yeah. I think I like the feeling I want to provide that's in in me as a deep in me is like I when I when I think about making money and learning and doing all this sort of stuff I don't even think about making money for for me besides getting a nice car and house like whatever you know I still think yeah. about my purpose my purpose is going to be teaching and learning the body right I think about the excitement of how I can create excitement in my loved one's lives, my family, girlfriend, kids, whatever it is, that's what excites me. I think, oh, I can take them to the, around the world and here and they never got to worry about their safety and security sorted. And then they can, the girl can be in a feminine energy. Mm-hmm. The kids can have fun, you know, and, and they can, and I know that when I have children, oh, I'm going to be very involved in mm-hmm. the sense of their upbringing and their, Dad, can I have an ice cream? <laughs> yeah. Sure, son. Like, I'm going to be training, they're going to be training, you know, because I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not going to force it down the throat, but I'm just going to be represent for them. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I know I'm going to be involved in what's instilled in their, in their head in, uh, and just taking ownership for their life because I want to create little kings and queens, you know. Yeah, so I guess that's probably it. never even thought about that too much. It's funny enough. I always think about, like, not those l- – I never think about the story. You think about the things still when you think about what you want in the future, eh? Mm. You don't think about the, the, a nice story, and that's a really good thing. Well, so. you've got yeah, you've got the you've got the um, prompts and the, mm. the 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 core details of the story, and then just to get the right brain online, it's like fucking write a cool story. Another yeah. thing to do is draw it, yeah, like, paint a fucking picture. But yeah, thanks for sharing. Love yeah. that. Love yeah. that. Love. It sounds definitely like you're grounded and connected in um in the. Yeah, that bigger picture for yourself. Yeah, I sort of know what I want. I know what I want out of that, and I know what I want. Like even when we talk about like partners, I know exactly now this is the sort of partner I want, and I'm not settling anything but that. You know, like I describe it. You're gonna do a shout. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna take some resumes. My trains. dog, my dog has a better ass than her. Remember yeah. when Bobby Running Fox said that to me? <laughs> really? Jen was like, I think I told you I was yeah. like about the chick with the big ass. I was like, mm. well, first of all, I'd like her to have a big booty, like. <laughs> And then the shaman, this um, Native American guy, the fucking, he's the best guy ever, but I really feel like he took that in the wrong context. Um, he's like, well, why don't you just root my dog then, pretty much? <laughs> like, like, you're like, is it consensual? Like, <laughs> now? Uh... <laughs> Didn't even get to the stage where I could talk about the... <laughs> <laughs> the fucking, the deepest stuff, eh? Yeah, 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 you're like, yeah. But I would say that a fit girl is definitely something that I, So, yeah. So what's the, what is, what does fitness mm-hmm. demonstrate to you? What is that an embodiment of? Which Self-love. Okay, for, so for self-respect, yeah. self-love, health, I'm assuming, is, yeah. is for both of you, is yeah. a core value. Fuck yeah. You couldn't be in relationship with somebody who didn't hold that, highly in their values hierarchy like that yeah. Sort of thing. yeah i think yeah. well because i do it so if i'm going to do it all the time i sort of like i want to train with my partner and that you know cool mm. so so you want your kids to do what you yeah, want my kids to do yeah. it so i want them to a body and i want to be attracted to them physically i think that's probably the major major thing i want to stay attracted to them physically because awesome. i know i know like um that's a big that's that's the start of it the emotion is there but if the the physical attraction isn't there then i won't 
be around long enough for the emotions to get a hold of me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that's that's why I just want to. St- I like the strong feminine masculine dynamic, sort of in the in the bedroom and and that sexual sort of like fuck yeah she's been sexy for me. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. Um. And then in 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 that turn, I'll provide a life that's unique. Mm-hmm. Um. That's the dynamic that I have in my head anyway. Great. Mm. So good yeah, to know. Clarity. That's man. cool. What about yourself, Jake? What's your story? Story for story for the you living by your core values five years from now. I, I just had had a picture of a house um on the beach, um which I wrote down five years ago as my goal: a house on the beach at Watala, mm-hmm. four dogs, two kids, and a loving partner. So I know that that's definitely great where I'll be material material wise yeah. and, and relationship wise. My core values are always going to be food and training, and do that forever. I think spontaneity is like huge for me yeah um and creating i think as i get further down this journey i think creating is what i'm really passionate about Mm. like whether like just recently i'm starting to make me a little bit of music now haven't really been telling anyone because i just want to do it and not speak it but i've just told the whole world anyway (laughs) give give the power away um but i'm enjoying like that's what i and i love learning so like progression if i don't have progression in my life i feel like I, yeah, just progression for me is happiness. So if I'm learning yeah. chess, I'm learning off the best how to play it. Mm-hmm. You know, I just um, like I remember what you said one fun thing. You like you like your ability to play the long game is amazing, mm-hmm. and I mm-hmm. think like mm-hmm. in my head that's how I think about my things. I'm like, okay, I might not be good at good at making music now or the best at jujitsu now, but god damn you, ten years from now, I'll, yeah, <laughs> I'll yeah. get there. You know what yeah, I mean? There's and, there's there's a there's a man who's 10 years older than you <laughs> that's calling you forward. Yeah. You know? I feel like that, man. Yeah. I yeah. feel like that. And very much so I feel like I've been very blessed. Like I would know I've got angels looking after me or something like that, but I've always felt like I've been guided. Yeah. So even though sometimes I'm not the happiest in my life, I always had, I've always had a deep inner knowing of security and no matter what, losing dad or mum or whatever, I've mm. always known that there's something much bigger than this. I don't know why, but I've always had that feeling. And even as a kid, dad used to say that to me. So, mm. yeah, I think my, yeah, going back to the core values, I definitely spontaneity. Mm. Definitely the work on the relationships is huge for me. Like, and when I say work on the relationships, I don't mean you better change to be with me. <laughs> I mean, like my relationship with myself around the relationship has been like the most joyful thing that I've ever done with a partner. Yeah. Because... Always I've been like, next best thing, grass is greener. Yeah. That whole thing. And it's like a, the cat, the dog chasing its tail and it's brought me a lot of suffering. Mm. So over the last few years, I've really learned to sat in, sit in it and be like, okay, what, what is that? <laughs> Why do I feel uneasy? Why do I always want the next best thing? Mm. Why can't I sit still and be happy and grounded in my life and know that it's all perfect and it's all where it's meant to be? Mm. So I've had a lot of joy out of that. I also see myself working with... um. I'd like to work with like the dying one day as well. Yeah. I just to, to grow and to, I feel like there's nothing more, um, there would be more growing than that. Yeah. yeah. Love that. I, I have a similar want. Yeah. For my probably 20 year vision would be, I'd love to get into death doulering or, mm. um, I've got, um, a, a dear friend who, who does that. Yeah. Hayley. Dude, that helped me a lot Shout with dad, out. man. 
Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, seeing the body. Like after that, that helped immensely. Yeah. Like yeah. I sat with dad for like half an hour, 40 minutes with my hand on his head and I was like, fuck, that was amazing. Like, because like you said, it brings it to the neocortex. It makes you understand that they're gone. And the million body, yeah, the mammalian yeah. brain too. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. So so it it um, properly initiates grief. Yeah. So it's oh. not conceptual grief. It's like, oh, yeah. right. Man. So, yeah, it's amazing, hey. Oh, so that was, that was going to be what I was going to ask you actually because both of you have lost your father. In, well, to, to the same thing, a- aortic aneurysm. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. yeah. So yeah. And, and relatively recently, you know, in the last couple of years. So mm. um, what what did, like how, did, how was your, with all the work you've done, it's hard to think how you were saying you can't think your emotions away, you know. Mm. But was there any tips you could you could give to someone that is going through that or about to go through that? And is it similar or completely different to an emotional relationship breakup? Interesting question. Great mm. question. Um, Depends if you've resolved it or not, and then you break up with someone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I'm gonna say different. If I yeah. had, if I had to answer, I'd say yeah. it's different. For yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, much deeper, much deeper. The uh, the 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 losing of a parent feels like so yeah. much deeper, dude. It's like um, it's like you lose a bit of yourself. Oh yeah, that's but, what I felt. Well, I like. guess I could imagine like I didn't shed a tear in my breakup. Like yeah, like if I was my mum or dad was to cry. Oh, bro, it's a deep, deep because it wasn't thing. the like when I went through a breakup, the emotion wasn't me wanting to cry it wasn't me trying to hold it in either it just literally wasn't something that was going to make me cry i don't know what it was hey mm. but death gets me fuck like okay. at, at his you know dad's funeral or anyone's funeral it's like mm. fuck like i just can't believe it you know like it's such a crazy more visceral feeling compared to when i'm like just a relationship breakup oh man yeah mm. well so i see um birth and death as portals Right, so I don't feel like death took my dad dying took a part of me. So my son being born changed me. It initiated me into the next iteration of who I am and who I'm here to become. As did the death of my dad. It was an initiation. So shocking and 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 um like. Or, you know, grief's an umbrella term. Grief isn't one emotion. Grief, it, grief's the name of a process um, that includes all emotions um, and it doesn't have an end date either. So, you know, I walk with grief now and that has been a big mm. part of my healing process. Much of my suffering early to mid-20s was in my repression of grief. That was motivated through a fear of grief of a, a, a distrust and a fear of grief that it was going to swallow me and take me forever so i hardened myself and um stayed at the surface level of anger and rage mm. which is the gatekeeper for this you know the other stuff underneath mm, yeah push it deep yeah 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 so um the my so that impacted that impacted my entire life it impacted every relationship that that i ever had because there's no compartmentalizing of that suppressing the emotional body it's like you suppress it you suppress it so it kept me 
shut down. It kept me, um, it kept me at a level, you know. And if relationships were ushering me to a level deeper than that, then I'd sabotage them somehow, mm. you know. Mm. So anyway, um, that was the motivator for me to go. Okay, what the what the fuck is this? <laughs> the um, the doorway that I had to step through to get back in relationship with my emotional body and mobilize my emotional body again was my father wound. So I don't know if people understand what I'm talking about, but it's like father wound, mother wound. Just about everybody's got some level of wounding around the relationship with that parent that is, you know, a vehicle of their maturation, their spiritual growth. It's like go into that wound. Um, you'll learn about yourself, you'll learn about your true self, fucking you'll learn about relationships, whatever. So my relationship with my dad was, it was a pain point. It was just a fucking pain point for, for you know, so much of my life. Um, and, you know, the real exploration of what that was, which I was completely unconscious and perplexed by, started with Kiki. When I, when I was a client of Kiki's, not even a student of hers. And that's where it began. So, Jesus, how old would I have been? 24, maybe? Yeah, I think about 24. It was one year before I was working with her. Yeah. So then, anyway, I, just, I was just relentlessly pursued it. Didn't stop. Didn't mm. stop. I feel like I'm digressing hard here, but I'll just run with it anyway. No, because I'm just basically talking about the impact my father passing has had on me yeah um, yeah no, what, it'll help it's you know you're being guided it's going to help a lot of people yeah it's like yeah totally well it, it was it was just one of the most you know going into that father wound has been one of the most um enlightening and grueling processes <laughs> that i've ever consistently stuck with um it wasn't till i was 30 that i had a major breakthrough i was in india in a in a Training, um, a temple arts training, ista, um, and I did an aspecting exercise, which is, and this is after a f- quite a few days of big, em- big learning and practicing big emotional release and mm. going fucking deep. So I was, you know, warmed up. Yeah, and the juice, I, the juices were flowing. The juices <laughs> were flowing, <laughs> and, I, and I was so ready. I wanted it. Yeah, couldn't, still couldn't articulate what I wanted, but I was like. Yeah. Something's this, in this there. Is, this is <laughs> what I don't have. Mm. Um, this is what I need to be free and happy. Um, an aspecting exercise. So if you don't know what that is, basically there's two cushions on the floor and I'm sitting on my cushion and opposite me is an empty cushion. And what I do is I call down the energy of my dad. And so I sit in my cushion, that's me, this is where my energy is anchored, and I ask a question to that empty pillow, right, where the energy is. Once I ask the question, I swap swap cushions and then I sit in that energy. So I'm calling in the consciousness Mm. of my dad. So I asked the question I genuinely didn't have the answer to in this process just followed it, sat in the energy, and it was like, blah, 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 blah. like it just the answer came out of me. I was like, oh god, oh like it's it's the 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 love and empathy 
and the, my dad's pain, I was like, oh, fuck, fuck, fuck. I fucking understand mm. that. Mm. So then I swapped cushions again. Well, you know, I need to say this to you and that leads to this question. And then, okay, cool. And now swap, sit in and it's like, oh my. And then the, the response came through. And uh, before this point, I hadn't cried in 15 years. Wow. So I was wow. 30. So it was a whole other lifetime mm. I lived, 15 years. And then anyway, it would, <laughs> the floodgates. And, Sick. And so, you know, I'd, I'd had some cool breakthroughs and stuff already. and and um, But still I held my dad in judgment and that created separation. And the irony of that is w- the reason I held him in judgment was because I so deeply wanted the connection that the boy in me never felt fully met and satiated in. Mm. So two, I'm speaking about two things here. I'm speaking about the process um, healing my father wound, which has nothing to do with him. It's my work, right? Um, and I'm talking about reanimating my emotional body, like getting back into relationship with that. So anyway, this is, this is just one of those checkpoints along the way. Now, just a bit less than a year before my dad died, I and my son had now been born, right? And so my projections on how I wanted my dad to show up yeah, as a grandfather r- were really <laughs> strong, right? And that was touching the same father wound, right? <laughs> Projection, you should be doing it like this, mm. right? And yeah. because you're not, I feel like this. And so you're wrong and I'm right and fucking. So it's just that same, yeah. you know, mm. projection back and forth, whatever. Not and, and I didn't even express this to him. I did in a text and whatever. So I had space held for me by literally over 50 dudes. I was in this, I was at a training, doing a leadership training with Mankind Project. And um, I had a big fucking process come up and that's what we do in that community if, Man needs support. We support him, and I just happened to be the guy on that on that weekend. And I did this fucking enormous, enormous, the biggest process I've ever done. I'm, I'm screaming and crying and and doing you know like gauntlet process where she's where like breaking through and it, and it just kept going and going. And what was so interesting was my mentor and his son were facilitating it. So yeah, yeah. I was looking at a father son relationship and True. it was it was utterly profound. Mm. Um and so it was the second last it was the second last thread that I had to address, right? And where I got to, this is really interesting, right? And I had to get to this place because I was now father myself. And the place I got to was fuck him. Actually fuck him. Mm. And I had to hold him to my nuts and go fuck him, right? And there was this, there was this. It wasn't all the way through, but it was part of the way through, and it was the part that I'd been avoiding. Where I'm like, I'm severing that. I have to sever that. I can't be the son yearning for his father's fucking whatever love. Mm. Mm. Um, I, I couldn't yeah. father with mm. that dynamic still alive in me. Mm. I couldn't be my my in my full father energy while I was still attached to this dynamic, you know, a.k.a. the wound that needed me to, you know, show up for myself in this, in this awareness. So I was like, damn, like, 
I walked away super empowered and, and just this big shift of, you know, I realized, oh, my God, I don't have to rescue Dad. Like all these other downloads came in. I don't have to rescue this man. It's mm. just, I just don't. Th- this is what we've got. This is enough. This is perfect. This is what, I'd, like, he's fine. He's good. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't have to emotionally carry his stuff anymore. I don't have to, I don't have to try and resolve his childhood trauma for him and deliver it to him on a silver platter of like, here's the resolution. Yeah. Impossible. Fucking mm. impossible. And I just woke up to that. That's oh. Cool. Then, probably six weeks later, I did Toad. i don't know if you've done toad or heard of toad so anyway toad we're talking about death toad releases it's a it's a venom from a toad in south america um one of the most powerful psychedelics you can Mm. you can get amongst i think the the molecule is called 5-meo-dmt which apparently is the same molecule released when you die well (laughs) I've heard a lot. I've heard people say there's life before you have toad and life after you have toad, yeah. and I can vouch for that. Yeah, change me, change me. Um, the intention I took in was to resolve any last bits of this father fucking piece cool. that I've been working on for over a decade. In the trip, kind of regretted it. <laughs> yeah. Like I didn't, but it was it yeah. was the most grueling experience of my life. I got you know in the first the first vi- trip wherever it took me, it took me into the scene where my father got abused as a child um, by the clergy, the Catholic Church, it took me there. Whoa. And it took me to him in this dark fucking room. You know, it's this, mm. this has been the, the wound. This has been the generational wound Jesus. that I've picked up as a, as a boy mm. because that wound that he suffered as a little boy impacted how he could show up as a father. Did he tell you about that at a previous time or? i yeah i knew i knew yeah. that this was in his history yeah yeah so that as you know carl jung teaches we we, we got to take on the unfinished business of our parents so i took that on super young um could never figure it out though because mm. but if i could figure it out we'd have the father-son relationship i want yeah. so oh, i've got to figure it out and fuck you and fucking all of that frustration you know that process that life process so it took me there and I remember curling up into a ball and mimicking the little boy what he was doing, right? And I was like, fuck, oh, take me to hell. Like, I want to go to hell. So it was already fucked up enough, felt like I was dying. And I was like, I'm here to go all the way. And then so I curled up in a ball and I, I was actually physically doing this. I couldn't see with my eyes, but I was mm. fully in my mind's eye. Um, and I squeezed and I held there and I held there and I held there. And, the, and I was waiting for something some catharsis, some, and nothing happened. And that was the realisation. Then I went, what and exploded fuck? out. I was like, this is nothing. I'm thinking it's here. It's not here. It's not even me. It's not even my. And I exploded Whoa. out and went, took in this like fucking cosmic breath. And my son, my little baby boy's soul was like, kind of like the telly Tully's ba- yeah, yeah, baby. Yeah, and the yeah. son, he was looking at me with this like pure, Mm. yes dad you you fucking got it now we Whoa. get to have that that's crazy oh it's profound and then so anyway that's probably the most relevant thing um i did toad i had another, <laughs> i'd had another hit about 10 minutes later <laughs> thinking oh i've done my work it's going to be great it was fucking a million times worse oh, but it was 
<laughs> it was a different thing. That was the death one, wasn't that it? That was the death one. That's where I actually died. I had to stop. I stopped breathing and, and um, I, I squirmed is a gross understatement through my resistance of death and then I fell to pieces and then it, it was like mm, imagine imagine needing to spit and swallow at the same time imagine being really really like doubtful you're going to be able to take a next breath imagine free falling through like frantic manic panicking thoughts not even be able to grab onto one for a millisecond like it was like yeah just disintegrating me and i was like and then totally trapped because i was like in the trip there's no there's no getting out there's no EpiPen that goes oh yeah yeah so i would hear the rattle the and the prayer that the the medicine server was singing over me and that would just there was a thread and my consciousness would just grab onto that and it would be like come this way and then i go back into my ego i'm like like suffer and then i was just like then I started wailing, like literally wailing. And then what was really interesting was I started going up octaves in the sound I was making. I was just finding, searching for some reprieve. And the higher the octave my voice went, more reprieve would sort of like come through. And I realized, oh, like I'm getting up into this high octave. I'm like, oh, all of this childhood shame of having a high-pitched voice, of being all of this shame for being mm-hmm. who I was, of being a little boy, of being, you know, a baldy and a fucking pindic and all of the fucking taunting of, you know, like primary school and it like, ah. <laughs> and then I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> like, this, this is some repression. And yeah. then I just went, oh, my God, I get it. I fucking get it. And I just went, <sighs> and breathed out with no intention to ever breathe again. And then Whoa. I went, then I went wow. and crossed over. Every cell dispersed and I was just in this universal or I was this universal orgasmic wave. So I remember why I wanted to share this because we're talking about what was it like for my dad to die, right? So this toad was this toad trip was the the crux of my healing journey, right? One because it took me, it showed me, just let it go, mate. It's not your, it's not your fucking, it's not your trauma. Let it go, right? And it doesn't even matter anyway. Cool, that helped me come into my authenticity. Then I died, <laughs> right? So my dad died, um, less than twelve months later. He died at a time in our journey, our soul journey together, where we had utmost appreciation for each other. There was no more resistance. There was no more judgment. There was no more expectation of, there was no more shoulds. I was like, you know, I I got there. I got there. Thank fuck. What a blessing. And I was like, oh my God, I fucking love dad. And I love that he's here. And I love, you know, it's like, and Mm. he's going to fucking drink fucking beers and he's going to fucking eat sugar and he's going to charge through the coffees and he's not going (laughs) to fucking exercise and he's not going to go to the doctor for his heart shit. And and I fucking (laughs) love my dad. And and what's most important is that I love my dad. Yeah. And how Mm. cool is that? And we'd, and the conversations we had in that time were just different because he didn't feel energetic in the field. That projection wasn't there anymore. So unknowingly, it's like, oh, like my son is a safe place for me and I him and we can just fucking jam. Mm. So that happened. That's great. And then the second thing, the second part of this was 
I fucking went through my resistance and fear and distortions of what death is, right? Which was the most fucked up thing I've ever done. Yeah. yeah. And I, I and I suspect Dad would resist it in the same way. I feel like that's partly where mm. I got it. His fear of death and dying. And even and you know he died in the car park at his work just after he knocked out knocked off. And I suspect he would have grappled with it the same way I did. And I'm even cool with that because I know and I trust that he's crossed over, and I know what that is. Like, and I trust that. So. I feel complete. I feel complete in our soul's journey for this incarnation. I still feel, I'll tell you one last story after this, but still feel our relationship continues, put it that way, mm. continues with the greater intimacy than we ever had in the incarnated form, which is pretty fucking unusual. Mm. <laughs> um, and I trust, I trust death. Like I trust death. I trust. I trust that he is good. I do trust that he's good. So, yeah. Since then, I've had one particular big release. I didn't properly grieve it. I didn't properly like go to my like despair. I didn't go into my humanity around it till about a year after he died. But I eventually did, and I just got to be like. I'm bummed that he's dead too. I'm bummed. Like I'm bummed about that. I just went into the disappointment as well and honoured that. Um, and that was a really big release that was cool and that was off the back of – I'm going to rant. I'm not going to talk about that. No, it's good, bro. It was off the back of my daughter being born prematurely earlier this year and us being in intensive care with her and blah. So I had to get rid of all the fucking rage that I had pent up around that and then the grief was under the rage. <laughs> and then I was like, ah, oh, so – but before I lose the, this train of thought, the oh yeah, the 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 conclusion really here is using your question, Cal, your prompt as a sort of anchor point is um, the death of my father initiated me into a into my power, mm. absolutely. Mm. Um, like rite of passage, the, yep. no bigger rite of passage yep. is there. Yeah, absolutely. No way. And when Dad died, this is a cool, this this is a cool story. <laughs> so I get the call. I've just finished work. It was a Tuesday afternoon. Mum's like, "Your dad's getting police escort to fucking Northern Beaches Hospital, and it's not looking good." And I was just like, <sighs> "Like, whoa! <laughs> this is one of those calls. You don't get mm. many in life, but mm, I'm yeah. having one right now." So I was like, sh- you know, shaking straight on the fucking. Jetstar, Virgin, blah, blah. Anyway, I get to Qantas. Dad worked for Qantas for 30 years. Um, and it's not loading. It's not loading. And I'm not present at all. And then I'm like, huh, it's not loading. I'm like, huh, it's Qantas. And then I was like, dad's dead. Dad's dead. And I, I just knew. I was like, oh, dad's dead. That's what this is. And the second I like acknowledged that, this warmth descended into the room. And I was like, it was like the yummiest warmth that just, just thick and it descended into the room and it filled my chest and this gust of wind went through the house and slammed all the doors. Shit, you not. The sky went orange way too early in the afternoon. Like fucking weird shit just, just happened the moment that realisation happens. 
I went outside and this 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 black um, currawong just flew over the hill, like just waiting for me to see it, and it flew over the hill. And Dad would always say, "I'm coming back as a bird." So I was like, "All right, there's some fucking mm, yeah, synchronicities man. here." So it sounds like, oh, okay, that could be co- coincidental. But I eventually got home to Sydney, to the family home. I'm sitting in the kitchen with mum and my brother. This mum's just like, obviously, like, what the oh, fuck? Fuck yeah. <laughs> Were they together? Yeah, they, they yeah. lived in, yep. yep, 40 yep. years I married. Fuck, man. And I'd like, so mum was um, listening to mum, and then I'm like, well, you know what, mum, dad actually came and visited me. I knew he died before you told me. The second I said that, the kitchen light that I was standing under and one lamp in the living room that I found in the council clean up as a youngster and dad liked it and kept it, went just started pulsing those two lights, the one I was under and the fucking lamp. And what was interesting, it wasn't just the lights. My whole ears, my equilibrium was shaking with that. It was like there was a... It was uh, it was like an air pressure, and then mm. stops. So I'm like, "Yeah, you man. don't believe in non-local reality? Like, fuck off! Like, yeah, there it is. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, that's my fuck. share. Thank no, you, guys. It's, it's really good, man, and it fucking helps me a lot hearing that. But I've also had similar things, and like, I did have a really good. I had a good question I wanted to ask you about it, but yeah, it'll come back to me. How do you feel like? how you're talking about taking on other people's pain and trauma, like it'd be hard not to take on the pain for your mum knowing that she's just lost. Obviously you've lost your, your dad, right? Yeah. But also that she's lost a partner of 40 years. Mm. Like how do you – who when you are in that role, did you feel like you were the supporter or that she was the supporter? Or did you feel like you were helping each other? Like what was that dynamic like between you and your mum? Yeah, I felt like we were helping each other. Yeah. And and I feel like, you know, in those situations someone has to step forward and someone has to step back and you and, and you you follow the process. But it's such a great question. I really appreciate the question because um it's part of it. I'm like mum's a widow. Mum's whole identity, whole uh, whole world, it's a whole world she doesn't know, it's a whole identity she doesn't know. And she had a big autoimmune flare up. Um probably six weeks after he died and, yeah. and so that was her grief pushing through yeah whether she uh liked it or not was ready or felt she was ready or not and she's in, she's been super courageous it's been phenomenal to watch her go actually um she's getting craniosacral and and different that sort of therapeutic facilitation and so yeah, she's writing the process and acknowledging it as a process of not like oh okay there's point a and oh whew, we're in point b now that's great and mm. It's a non-linear, grief's completely non-linear journey. So um, that's a great question, man. And it has been part of my, definitely part of my process to feel sad for my mum. Yeah. Yeah, and to watch her in her own rite of passage initiation Mm. to herself. Yeah. Yeah, fuck, yeah. It's like even just thinking about that, it's like, fuck, man, you just feel sorry for like, you know, 40 years of like whatever breakfast together and yeah. those times where it's like all of a sudden you're eating by yourself and it's like, fuck, like it's hard to imagine it, you know? Yeah, it, it, it is like anything to do with the ego is really hard to imagine death. Like, yeah. You know, like the, like I was watching this thing on the pendulum theory the other day and it's like, like pendulum swings one way, birth, pendulum swings the other way, death. It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's like it constantly goes and the ego is so afraid of it. 
Yeah. I figured it I, I feel like I figured it out thoughts wise because I used to be so afraid of it. And I had a big realization in meditation one day. I was like, if you're thinking about it, of course it's going to be scary. Mm. <laughs> if you're not thinking about it, it's not real. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, That's so, Michael Singer, eh? Yeah. I was like, yeah. the ego, um, the <laughs> ego is of course it's afraid of death. It's 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 the most terrifying thing in the planet for for your ego is, is the death of it. Yes. But when you really look at what everything is, which is enemy, yeah, I'm not enemies, we're not enemies, but energy. Freudians. <laughs> yeah, 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 Freudians. <laughs> Damn it, Jake. You're fucked. Yeah. Damn it, Jake. Everyone knows who you are now. Yeah. <laughs> You're fucked up, man. Yeah. Your subconscious came through. <laughs> You're not actually spiritual. You're an angry cunt. <laughs> nah. Oh, fuck. What was I saying? Hugger's a bit of a reverence just for a breather. Uh, <laughs> We're like, whoa, this is an intense chat. <laughs> Woo. Yeah, I do. No, no, but but look, I, I love what you're sharing because, man, a big part of our friendship um, has included your fucking deep process of fear of dying. Mm. Since, you know, like you, you, met, you met death before a lot of people, you know, as a 17-year-old yeah. and then – in, in losing your mom and then that that your process part of it included internalizing a lot of stuff and and mm. that manifested in your you know it's your story but like it, it's cool that you, i think your journey has been fucking cool with death you've been yeah, in a relationship I with him for a long time for sure and i think like you would have seen the how bad i was at the time when mom died mainly just like pushing it down and just yep. like forgetting it which came up in other things yeah but yeah the the biggest thing i would say i've learned and and now have tested is um when someone you love dies and it can be tomorrow it can be now mm. um and you just got to know that that can happen mm. so be grateful for what you have now but i think that is the grieving process takes a long time and grieve is hard as you possibly can and cry as hard as you possibly can and scream as loud as you can because like any form of what that looks like for you that you suppress stores in the body. Yeah. And um, when dad died, straight away I was like, I'm going to fucking own this shit. Cool. Fuck all that pussy shit. I'm going to fucking screw the coffin in. I'm going to feel it. Mm. Mm. Best thing I ever did. Mm. Best thing I ever did. And I think anyone going through a dying process – with anybody, that's all you can do. That that is all you can do. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> that you you kind of can control. Yeah, nothing else. Nothing. Everything. It's just like you know, you just got to do your best. And yeah, I'm lucky. I, I had a very. I was listening to your story with your dad, and I was loving it because it was like, it's funny how just how different it is for me because mm. dad was me and dad was so best friends and so in touch. We'd talk about death all the time. Mm. Like he loved you. I actually felt like he was in the room then. I had goosebumps, that whole mm. story, dude. I was almost crying. But I was like, he loved you. And I was just like, holy fuck. It was just, I don't know. Yeah, it's, um, it always makes me wonder about crying and. <laughs> <laughs> well, well. <laughs> I love it. I don't know. I just felt like there's a huge energy in the room when you're saying that, man. Dude, it's crazy. It 100%. Absolutely. Call it in together with these intentional chats and, yeah. and your authenticity right now is amazing, Jake. Mm. And, and um, fully, you know, welcomed and encouraged, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Did you see that thing I sent you this morning about that guy dying? No. No. There was this this guy, he died and he came back and he told his story, mm. his near-death experience. And it was, fuck, it was cool, man. And and what I liked about it is it was truthful. Like, as he was telling the story, I could tell, yeah, this guy, this was his experience. He's not just bullshitting, you know. You can see in his eyes and the way he's talking. Like, mm. this is it. It's some old dude just chatting. And he's like, yeah, I, I died. He's a firefighter. And he's like, and then I... I left my body and I was in this like basically a galaxy sort of spiritual world and I, and he goes and it felt like I was going home. Mm. It was it was just absolute euphoria and happier and bliss and I saw these three hooded people, three hooded energies wow. and he goes, they didn't have, they sort of had face but they didn't have a body. They were just like energy but they were all different, you know, but they were just straight away I saw them and they were just pure love. Like they were excited to see me and I was mm. excited to see them and they would go and they were like, so how'd you go? What'd you learn? Like, you know? <laughs> no way. <laughs> yeah. And oh, then he's like, so cool. he's like, and then he was like, how did I go? I was like, yeah. He's like, I, you know, I didn't have any regrets. I did this. And he goes, and then they like, they, he said something like, all right, what's the process? Like, cause he, he was so into processes from his firefighting thing. He goes, oh, there must be a process. And he goes, oh yeah, this is another cool thing. He saw, he goes, anything he wanted to know in the universe, there was a, there was like a, he goes, it was like an old toy has a kid where you, you click on the newspaper article or something and you turn this thing and it flicks to the next thing. And he goes, like, archaic records of all the information about anything he ever wanted to know, structure, humans, anything. And it's all in there. So it's all knowing. And then he goes, and these energies sort of like, like laughed at him saying, all right, like, what's the process? And they were like, ha-ha. I was like, yeah, right, tell us, you know, go on, tell us your process. <laughs> and then they said they looked at each other and like, he doesn't remember us, eh? And they started laughing to each other and shit so almost like they were friends with him you know and then he was True. still trying to figure it out like come back and they were like laughing like oh we know each other but you'll figure it out soon you know um Did it amnesia yeah wow. and i was like and it was, it was the story was so comforting man it was so comforting because it sort of feels like after all this you learn whatnot but when you go out there it's just it it is only bliss it is only for it and he goes it mm-hmm. felt like this was the game and that was where we go hang out and then we mm. come back to the game and see what we learn and come pitch. back yeah. and like they just yeah. create everything <clears throat> and it's um I don't know, it was it's, really nice. Yeah, you know? It's like something other than this, isn't it? Yeah, like you like say your father and that, like mm. you see each other again. Fuck, it's it's weird the energies, man. Like I've had heaps of moments like I just had then. Yeah. Like I've had heaps of heaps like that. Well, like, like for instance, um one really big one that came through, you know, you had the light flicker. I had the um I was reading I was listening to a book that this guy messaged me, this in and out breathwork guy, um, who's a good friend of mine, but never really messages me much, you know, but messaged me and said, my, my soul's telling me to read for you to read this book. It told me last night, but I didn't send you it. And then this morning, um, I, I had to send you this book and it's called in the meantime. I don't know if you cool. know that book, but, uh, <clears throat> I only needed to listen to the first five minutes of it and I knew what it was about because, um, dad was always talking about, so dad left me some money. Um, when he died and I'll, I was thinking that morning oh, I'll get some land <laughs> I was like I'm just going to look for land and get land the first start of this book I'd actually like to play the book but I just can't remember where exactly it is but the first start of the book was like all talking about how it was just a message from dad <laughs> it's just like mm-hmm. you you want to be because it was about it's talking about like what you want whether you want to be near the beach or you want to be there and um and I was like fuck that's dad 100% you know and then I spoke to Matt and Paul about it and Matt Walden and Matt was like, I did a mandala about my dad and this bird just followed me all day because Paul told him to 
do a mandala and invite, invite his dad back into his life because mm. he had gone. And uh, he drew this mandala and then he goes, and then he, he just had this bird in London that just did not leave him oh. the whole day. And he's like, that's how they, that's how they, they contact you. Mm. But anyway, mm. off oh, that, I know it's that's it's hectic. Just the sweetest man, that's <laughs> the sweet. There's a fucking bird. Every time I mow the lawn with Soul on my lap, I've got a ride on mower. There's one, uh, like wagtail. It's the same one, and it just, just follows us around the whole time. When that's it's just me, it doesn't. Your property so looks cool. like fucking magic. Like that video of it raining the other day out yeah. there. Just like the the energy there is nuts. It's well, we're, we're held because we're in like. If yeah, just ha- just the, the lay Fully, of the dude. land. Mm. Yeah, no, it is. It's really. How good are wagtails, dude? They're the best fucking birds. That's why it's on my neck, actually. Oh, yeah, true, fully. Yeah. Yeah. I like that tattoo. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Dad, dad, <laughs> dad. <laughs> <laughs> that was Pete too. <laughs> but dude, while I have you here, daddy, I, I, daddy, <laughs> I really wanted to ask you, um, because uh, just just quickly, not to go into the leg break story with myself, but because mm. Nick was there when I broke my leg. I shattered my right leg. My uh, bone came out of my leg and it went through the trampoline at a trampoline place. And it was just like this horrific accident. Pretty much everyone ran the opposite way, but Nick and I was going into shock and Nick said, breathe. And I breathed and I was like, I know what this is about. I think yeah, I said that, you didn't said I? That. You go, I know what this is about. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I knew exactly what it was about. I was a bodyboarder and I felt worthless, had no self belief, no love, blah, blah, blah. Went on the other direction. But, I probably told that on the podcast before. But when we went to the hospital, I had ketamine. I was afraid of psychedelics. And I'm still not clear in my head what actually happened because it was like I know they were putting my bone back in. You came the whole way. You came. Tractioning they were tractioning my bone. But in my mind, um, and I want to make sure this story is correct because um, it's a bit all over the shop in my head because I was kind of out of it. But there was a guy there who was I giving advice to? Um, well, what, he was the bone setter. Yeah. Right. And he was the black sheep of all the nurses and doctors at the at the. He was the guy where it's like, dude, like you're not even in scrubs. Do you remember that? Like um, he, he just kind of had like an old band shirt on. Like it, it wasn't exactly yeah. that, but he kind of had that really like sort of scruffy, mm. um, almost larrikin-y kind of energy. Um, and he, yeah, it was like, well, there's all these official medical people around. And it's like, who the fuck's this dude? And it's like, yeah. oh, he's actually pretty important in here. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. going to do the plaster and the bone setting. And yeah, so that I know exactly who you mean. Because in my head, he's an old guy with with uh, grey blonde hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was older. He would have, yeah, definitely. He would have been like early fifties, my guess, and like, okay. yeah, almost like longerish, shaggy, grey. Okay, blonde. cool. So yeah. I wasn't seeing things. That was no, definitely, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, and what what was what was going on then? Because I it's it's still heaps foggy. I I remember um, I just remember I was having I went to, like you said that guy talked about spirits and he saw spirits and I talked about it on Paul's podcast too where I saw the shapes of two things and they came to me in in the shape of shoulders and heads and it looked, and it was Ram Dass and Paul Check huh yeah Ooh. and they said welcome you've begun your spiritual journey that's what I saw oh. you know in a in a in a realm of shapes. Yeah. And I talked to Paul about it on the podcast, and he's like, "That's actually the astral plane before you go above that." Ah. Um, and again, it was like that warm feeling of like, like there was so much other than this. Well, you tuned <laughs> into that guy specifically, which was like, you know, kind of perfect. It's and and <laughs> and you were weren't 
seeing out of your eyes, but you were looking at him. And you said to him, you, well, you saw him. So mm. let me kind of expand on that. He had a, he had a, he had a personality. The, like I said, the jovial personality. Obviously, knowing what I know, you know, in mm. psychology sense, that's his armor. Mm. Right, that's how it keeps him safe. He's the joke star, blah blah. blah. So he can he can guide and manipulate re- relationships with that energy, disposition, identity, whatever. So your third eye just went pew, open, <laughs> open, fuck, and you looked at him, and you just saw right through that that sort of like jokester, irreverent, rough, rough disposition of this guy. And you saw right through it, and you went, oh, "You're, you're like you just started kind of profiling this guy." <laughs> I at, don't know. I don't the, remember at any the of this, level by the way. of his like his truth, like the sweetness of this man, right? Mm. The genuine—he's in that field because he loves. He's a lover, you know. You, that that was the the kind of theme. You're like you're seeing the love of this man, and he like. It almost stunned him because he was like he was fucking exposed. <laughs> He's being seen by this fucking motherfucker who's got like four humans pulling his fucking ankle and another four anchoring yeah, his true, hip in dude. the upper direction. And you go, I can see who you are, and he's and he's made these little attempts of like, going, oh, he's high, and but it was like he was kind of stunned, it's like, oh fuck, mm. oh, I'm I'm being seen right now. Ah! <laughs> it was really really cool, really trippy. Dude, that's, yeah. that's cool, man. I never heard about that. Is that what he was saying? I <laughs> what a day that yeah. was, man. Yeah, you, I think you I can see who you are. Yeah. yeah, I see you. I see you. He's like, I see through your fucking masquerade, you big yeah. softy. Like, I remember you said to me. I said to him, um. You're not being who you are at home or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. You were, you were calling out those things. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually have no recollection of what I said to him. Like, I, I really don't. Uh, just, yeah. He, he, and uh, yeah, it stunned him. That, yeah. That's weird, you know, you're not in your body. Because I was in a shape, world of black and white shapes. So, fuck. Who knows if that just changed his whole fucking life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we don't even know what happened to that guy, you know. That he was, went home, left his yeah, life. Yeah. <laughs> that was the smoothest, don't you reckon, like. Ambulance was there was within fifteen minutes. Oh, you're gonna be in hospital in 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 uh for six days before we do surgery. And I was like, Yes, master. And I knew inside I was like, Oh, we he'll come back tonight. It was that day. Yeah. yeah. It was that day. Straight in for surgery. Out of there in four days. I remember <laughs> like I after the surgery, I was waiting to see her. And I'm like it, it was like just this moment where you had your own room, it was dimly lit, you've got your morphine button above your head and we're just like, <laughs> we just didn't say much. We're just like, okay, okay, we got this. Yeah. We got this. Like we're both at a stage of life where we're like, oh, we, we weren't really that grounded anyway. Like yeah. this is this is kind of fucked up actually. Yeah, dude. And you, you uh, just moved into... <laughs> To a joint that had the most precarious, slippery, timber fucking staircase. Yeah. Oh, and I remember you just like watching, like just watching you walk up them. And I was like, you know, I slipped down a man and put my foot down. Yeah. And held on to the, um, (laughs) held on to the pillars, the wooden pillars above it by one arm and was like, (laughs) and then no one helped me. 
So I just had to let go. Oh. And I just fell down the stairs on my hip. Oh. And I just I just laid there and cried for half an hour. Uh. It was like this emotional release due to my leg, but really some stuff probably earlier on in life. And I was like, what's that about, God and Jesus? <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's twisted. <laughs> yeah. Fuck life is full Dude, on, guys. No, and I know the fucking wild. I know the listeners are probably listening. Like we we just like to talk on this podcast. It's just, it just feels like we're just talking in like this is how we'd you know, we'd have these conversations whether we're on oh, yeah, podcast or not. And I hope it helps yeah. you guys because I guess yeah. everyone's story can fucking really light some shit inside you, like me listening to Nick's dad and mm. yeah, so I really hope it helps the listeners out there some of the shit we talk. <laughs> Yeah, well, I didn't even know what we were going to talk about, you know. Yeah, well, I, I I wanted yeah. to throw you under the bus, both of you, actually, if you guys are open. Cheetos. It's kind of Was a- it the Cheetos earlier? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought you were on the glance, mate. I know they're kettle chips, they're top shelf, but far out. Um, so, it's very much in the theme, right? Because we're talking yeah. about, you know, we touched on um, what it is to be a man in the world. We touched on um, how to create structure, how to how to how to create freedom by establishing structure for ourselves in life through organizing our priorities. Um, we talked about what we want. We talk about what's important to us. We talked about death. We talked about initiation into um, our, our manhood. Um, and I see you guys and I see you are both quickly becoming influential men in the world. With your reach, with your following, um, with your with your message, so like you are actively building your legacy, both of you. And I was just interested to kind of like open that up mm. um, and almost play like question ask a role. Yeah, let's do it. I yeah. love that shit. <laughs> <laughs> because you know, right. <laughs> yeah, you know what they say: like great with great power comes great responsibility. So there's the inevitability that. Um, your influence has an impact. So <laughs> your level of awareness in in your messaging and in your congruence in life in general mm. will impact people around you even if it's unintended. So I'm just interested, Cal, maybe you can speak into this. Mm. I'm just interested in your you know, your experience so far and what you feel your role is as your reach grows. Um, it's funny because now, now we're starting to see that more. Like this morning, I had Brecky and someone come up to me and say they're on the cleanse, and then we're at Jiu-Jitsu, Nova Jiu-Jitsu, and the guy in the video is like, "I'm on the cleanse right now." I was like, "Oh," mm. and um, so yeah, there's it. I've always felt hard to um, what's what's the word to accept the compliment, I guess, to accept because we get people that write in stuff saying we change like the guy was in the other day saying his dad changed his life and this these people and this and all that and I I, I sort of deflect it in the sense of like oh yeah I mean it's just simple shit we're just doing this for you know mm. um so I'm getting better at accepting that now to say thank you you know mm. instead of instead of deferring it into like oh I'm just doing what anyone else would do you know mm. um mm-hmm. it does make me feel like well I mean it's it's Instagram that's not the real world right and but uh, but uh, the more the more I see and the more the more people that I guess when we say the average guy or whatever living their life I, d- I do start to see it as more unique and I do start to see how I believe we we're gonna help the world a, a lot because I start because I just know like even some of my old friends like some that are still stuck in their ways of like drinking all the time and and that mm. I can still see 
that they're looking up to me. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, right on. That's the kind of, yeah. Yeah, like subtly with like, sitting. I can, I can, I can see that and I can see they want to make change and they'll, they'll be humorous and say, ah, oh, yes, this, this, but I can see deep <clears> down they want to do what we're doing, you know? And they're just stuck because it's their dopamine at their moment, right? Whatever they're, whatever they're getting. So I, I feel my role is, is to inspire. I think, I think that's, really what I like to do is to inspire people to get healthy mm. and train. And, and I think I'm good at getting them to, to do that. And I think that's my role in, in my legacy is I'm going to inspire people. This is why you're drinking water. I'm not just telling you to drink water because alkaline seven fucking point, whatever. I'm like, I want to uplift them and even everyone, my friends, partners, everything. I, I like to uplift people yeah. and let them know, Oh, you can do this too. Cause I did it. And fuck, I'd, op21 (laughs) you know like it's not it's 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 i don't know if it's self-love or discipline or whatever it is but i just know it changed their life so much man and and just and just respecting paul's work because because really those modalities of is is why we're sitting here right now it's changed our whole life in the sense of i used to scaffold and there's a lot of people like this right now in a job that they don't want to do i used to scaffold and would and would feel unfulfilled but at an age young enough where it wasn't strong enough yet. Yeah. You know, and I, and I think about it now, man, if I was still doing what I was doing, say even five, 10 years from now, even right now, it would really start to hit me now. Cause you start to get older and things start to change and it would really start to hit me like, is this what I've, I want to do in my life? You know, yeah. Mm, yeah. The, the moment was when I was at, um, I still remember this. I was at scaffolding and the boys, and it was, this is when I felt I, I was thinking different to them. And I was like, and oh, and also I had a feeling since I was young, since I was five, no, six, five turning six, I, I still remember this, that I was meant to lead and, yeah. and, and that I didn't want to lead. That was the thing. But in my head, it wasn't like I want to lead to be a leader. It was more like oh, I got to lead because I got to be a leader. That was the <laughs> feeling. Oh, cool, yeah. <laughs> you know, like because I remember there was, a, there was a footy and I'm not sure we spoke about this on the potty or not, right? But when I was five and one of the boys kicked a footy, we're all playing like 20 or 30 of us kids in year, year one kicked a, uh, a soccer ball in a direction and we lost it. And then I remember at that age thinking, all right, where, where did he kick it from? And I walked over there. His foot was on this angle. So it's got to be going across there and, <laughs> and he kicked about that hard. So if I point, it should be right there. <laughs> and I remember pointing and looking and finding the ball and then like, oh, there's a the ball, boys, you know. And I remember at that stage, this is before I was six, man, thinking, fuck, no one else around here thought about doing that. wonder why, you know. And – straight logic with my head like it's all logic and ah, and and the masculine yeah and um and i thought oh yeah i know i gotta be the leader because i'm not emotional i'm not gonna re- I'm, I'm i'm constantly thinking about what's the best decision possible mm. for survival of the tribe <laughs> if i was the chief cool no matter what and remember the thing you said years ago man about how how cool that is and that sa- same way of saying it like what advice would you give to your child yeah that's the sort of advice i would i would give like I always thought about. I remember when we used to punch on heaps when we were like teenagers and shit. I I would take mental notes about who's at wrong here. Oh, my friend's at wrong. This person should probably punch him. Mm. I'm not going to go king hit him in the side of the head, like because we're at wrong here, mm. you know. And there's and there's I would think like that instead of just like mm. backing my friend, knocking this dude out. Even though it's my friend, it just didn't mm. feel ethically right. I don't know because I knew there was a there was a there was I don't know. Yeah, well, but yeah, that was the feeling anyway. That. That kind of like <clears throat> segues into like a question I was sitting on and was 
wasn't gonna turn the heat up on you, but I will because mm-hmm. that was a beautiful answer. It's like what you described there to me sounds like um, there was there's an ingrained um, awareness of accountability that mm. that you possess, which yeah. is fucking essential in leadership. So I'm I'm wondering as you you grow as a leader, which you are in you know fine form and and fast pace. What is your means, or what is your source of accountability to your own leadership? Like, do you have someone that like, um, like who's do you in the context of leadership specifically? Mm. Do you have like a mentor or an elder or someone? That can be like, hey, pull your fucking head in or, or something, you know, or did you see this or did you think about it like that? Um, yeah, me. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. No, well, Jake's, Jake's really good at supporting, you know. He'll always support you. Like, mm-hmm. even when you've done something wrong, whatever, he'll let you know. Like, I'm like a big bra. Yeah, what he's good at is like, <laughs> it's all right. I mean, like, say if I, this is one of the things, say I wanted to quit weed and yep. and then I didn't quit weed and I'd judge myself from like fucking weed. He'd be like, it's all right, bro, like. Don't worry about it. You know what I mean? Mm. Compared to like judging, there's no judging. Cool. That, that's nice. Because mm. um, it never works, judging. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, it makes you, and it makes you want to quit weed more. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh, I didn't joke. Oh, I'm going to do it this time, you know? Um, whatever that may be. Uh, so it's from like not, I guess I, not really in my um, physical circle, but I constantly refer to, Paul in my head. Yeah. Yeah. Because I remember Stephen People once said, I, was about, I think it was something with a chocolate bar. He was laughing. He was high as fuck. And he was like, what would Paul do? <laughs> <laughs> or what would Paul say? And it was something, whatever my decision or choice was, like, what would Paul say? And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. He probably wouldn't say that. That's probably not the optimal choice, mm. right? So I constantly refer back to Paul's method. And my, my, guide, my guide or my teacher is the pain teacher. So that's what makes me reflect. If there's any pain at all in my life whether that's emotional physical i i will constantly never really go into a victim mindset of it and i'll think why how am i at fault here and how can i make a logical decision that's gonna not let this happen again and the optimal decision i guess which is suboptimal optimal passive totally because sometimes you know it's passive and you're doing fuck all and you're like well this wouldn't happen if i did this so i'm in this situation because of this i think about like when i went through a breakup you know and actually, called, we spoke about it at the time mm. when I was probably like a week into it and I was yeah. feeling it at the time pretty hard. And, and you gave me some good advice and, and whatnot. But um, I remember thinking you can twist it in your head and say, okay, yeah, but she shouldn't have done this and this and this, blah, blah, blah. But straight away I went, all right, how am I here right now from my decisions? And it was because I didn't communicate better before that of what my boundaries were and what I'm okay with, what I'm not okay with. Mm. And as soon as it was crossed, for me, the relationship sort of had to end. And, but I never communicated that to her. Yeah, right. So she never knew I wouldn't be okay with that or, you know, things like this. So it's like, um, so, and I have no regrets at all. I'm fucking so happy right now, man. Like, and, and, and from that, it really built me up into a way better man of, of just that awareness and of like, oh, I'm going to set my life up and just work hard and in this period right now I'm just working hard I want to set my life up to bigs and it's, we're getting there and it's paying off so much you know and um, and then I'll worry about all the the women and kids in the future because that's not really on my radar right now girls cool. and kids aren't on my radar right yeah, now sweet. Um, but I know 
couple of years, the next couple of years, they probably will be. I want to travel, I want to see the world, I want to do all that. And then I'll be like, all right, now choose a girl to have, um, give a life to and have children with and mm. that'll come later. But mm. it's not, I'm not really thinking about it too much at the moment. So, yeah, I guess the pain teacher is is what I think about and that's just Paul's teachings, yeah. But mm. no one physically, that's, um, I'd say, yeah. I'd say you look at a lot of people. I, I look at you as, um, remember Kiki had uh, Bobby Runafoss' son, Mivon, um, mm. he's a great guy. Um, and she said he's pure potential. Mm. I look at Cal like pure potential with lo- logic. Mm. He mixes the two really well. Mm. Like, mm. and that's my favorite thing about it is just like, yeah, man, we can do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I think we can do anything. Yeah, yeah. 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 As, as long as we have logical steps to like, all right, A, B, C, D. Yeah. Every, and yeah, everyone teaches you, hey, like even Andrew Tate. Like I know yeah. everyone hates um, his misogyny or whatever or whatever they call him, but there's some good in him. Yeah, there's exactly. some good in everyone. Yeah, if we can learn, if oh, we can man. take take the best things in. Like he's taught me how to work hard. Um, Paul Check has always taught me so much. You know, there's, there's yeah, there's good. Even even your enemies teach you a lot. <laughs> yeah, you, you can learn from <laughs> totally. like the best from people. Totally. Like, I want to take that. Let's leave that. Like, yeah. <laughs> have, you, have you heard the the expression? If you're easily offended, you're easily manipulated. Yeah, that I makes so heard. much sense. So you so know, people. Oh, it's like shut the fuck up. If you're you were your own inner authority, that wouldn't be an issue, right? Exactly. If that if that fucking dude's message is so fucking impactful, what the fuck is your message, right? Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's you know, it's like great. go go focus on your legacy and shut the fuck up. Yeah. Being so offended. Yeah, because cunts who are doing shit don't <laughs> bring people down, man. It's like well, I well. Let's just say, well, for, well, I don't anyway, or and and we don't. Like, mm. I don't look at some guy out there who is doing a pelvic tilt video and and going, <laughs> fuck it, he's doing it wrong. Yeah. Like, I'm yeah. like, oh, good on you. Yeah, it's yeah. Totally, fuck yeah, you know, totally. like, yeah. And, like, and 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 but you know, uh, the other side of the coin here is 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 completely related to the question that I'm asking. Right? It's like that level of influence and leadership. There has to be um, awareness of the impact that messaging has consciously and unconsciously on others. Mm. So there's the accountability element as well that's important in leadership to be like to have a council that can call you out when an unintended impact has landed and been created destruction. So like yeah, uh, yeah created pain somewhere, right? Yeah. That, that pain will yeah. come to you somehow. Yeah. 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 I would I would say that you'd probably be up there for me for for that. I also a great lesson I had the other day is I kind of lost it at a client because it's been yeah i feel i feel like my my ego is getting a little a little bit more but i'm also pushing the boundaries with my ego and being like you know what like fuck it i'll wear my cowboy hat i'll yeah, wear like speak your truth, who man. gives a fuck yeah, at fuck. the end of the Have day yeah, uh, i am i am the joker i've got that in me <laughs> you know what i mean totally and the other day i had a client and um he just kept he kept pushing my button he kept he kept going when am i getting in when am i getting in he's been a client for two and a half years it's like Leave me alone. Like, I don't, I've got a busier shit. I've, I've moved on, blah, blah, blah. But the truth is, yeah, the truth is he paid me a fee, which was a lesser fee back then, and he didn't get all his sessions. And that's what we agreed to at the time. So I took accountability for that, and I, um, I didn't at the start. And I, he rang. I was like, what do you want? And I was like, I lost it at him. And I was like, I've got all this shit going on. And I hung up, and then I instantly saw the mirror. And I was like, you know what? This is my greatest teacher right now. Yeah. I lost my center. I shouldn't have lost my center. I rang him back and I said, I'm so sorry, dude. I'll get you in this date. I've had a lot going on. Uh, that was just loaded. My dad died, this, 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 which um, definitely can't, uh, became a part of it for me. Mm. And um, 
yeah, and then I had a good heart to heart when I saw him, and I was like, fuck. And I and I, it was a good wake up call for me. It was like, you know what, own your shit. And um, that's mm. cool, though. Yeah, that's it's cool. You like, like result because you, you real, ended the chaos. I ended the chaos, but yeah. real, real men, I believe, like Mike Tyson saying sorry to Teddy Atlas, mm. who you know the story about that was he touched some girl's ass who was a minor or whatever. Or it was maybe his daughter, and he pulled a gun on him. Mm. And um, Mike Tyson the other day said, you know what, I was wrong. I'm really sorry. Mm. Mm. And I just find so much power in that. And I think that I always want to be in this ever changing thing that I call myself. I always want to be able to own that and be be able to say sorry and I was wrong because I'm wrong a lot. <laughs> so that's, you know, I love what you've both shared and that story is like so fucking relevant. You know, that that that's a prime example of like where my question originates as, you know, in yeah, in, in my curiosity and, yeah. and, and my, my want to support you guys thriving <laughs> and it's I, I think the encompassing piece that we are exploring here is integrity Mm. and so you're if you're never as unsafe as when you're out of integrity as a leader but if you do what you did and and you um clean up your mess the way you did you're good right you you can trust yourself the people around you can trust you and you have um space to be mistaken you have space to not get it right every single time as well um so it's cool. It, it, it's a it's a it's a mature leadership that that is um, uh, like welcoming of their own humanity, their own humanness, and transparent in that, and also like fucking self responsible enough to go fuck. That was a projection onto that dude. Yeah, we had an agreement. That's black <laughs> and white. That's as fucking simple yeah. as it gets. Did I uphold the agreement? No, I'm out of integrity with this fellow. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so fucking unreal. Yeah, that's good. Mm. Yeah, just constantly self-reflecting, improving, mm. and, and learning too. And I'm not going to like I, I did mantra the other day for half an hour straight, and someone cut me off, and I was like, "Fuck you, <laughs> then." You know, like fuck. Did the police hu- move where you tap the back and they spin <laughs> off? <laughs> I think being humane is a big part of it, and and um, knowing where you lose your center, and that's the biggest biggest thing I've learned to. To work on how fucking boring is someone who doesn't fucking lose their center? You know? <laughs> yeah, you're like you're fucking you're bullshit. Yeah, yeah. You're not you're not that polished. Yeah, how yeah, do you yeah. know? It's because you got you're a fucking human being with red blood. Like yeah. we are flawed, fundamentally mm. flawed, mm. and that's okay. That's the fun of it. That's, that is okay. That's how that's, we connect. How good is knowing that when you figure out that that's okay? Like I decided years ago to love my shadow. Yeah, and my yes. my ugliness and my anger and my judginess and the shit that i gotta work on you know what i mean and i don't say i'm not not gone it's just that i can see it more now yeah so yes that's the word that's the yeah seeing it eh? yeah seeing it and then it's not this crazy power that ripples over you most people like are great at making you see your power like there's times where callan's really good at studying man and sometimes i get a little bit jealous but i love that yeah, because and then you go study. Because then I go study. Yeah, and he just I got also the chess book, and I'm like, all right, YouTube, <laughs> fucking chess plays. <laughs> like he does a jujitsu comp. I'm like, that inspires me. Like, all right, now mm. I got to like that's being around competitive men. I think is a fucking important thing. Hey? It, it like, happened when you, totally. you started with Kiki, bro. I remember I used to be really jealous oh. of you doing that mentorship. Yeah, right. Um, and I was like, I want to do check stuff. True. <laughs> yeah. And I, and then I was like. Luckily, I was really jealous with girls at, at a young age, and I it came from lack of self love. Yep. So when jealousy comes up now, I'm like, "You little fucker." There <laughs> like, you are. Yeah. Come here. Come there have you a are. Hug. Exa- yeah. Aspect. Come pretty. Here. Pretty much. I I'm love driving, it. not you. Exactly. 
exactly. I think, man, a lot of people feel jealousy and it's there for a reason in times, but um, yeah. It's the difference between Shadow being here and steering you yeah, or it being here and you steering it. Yeah. And the best way to embrace that is to be okay with your shadow never being resolved. Yeah. It may and it may not, right? But if you have this judgment that it must be gone and only then can I, it's like, no, 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 probably won't go. Mm. So long as you stay in relationship with it, it's not going to rule the roost. Mm. Your inner child's not going to get in the driver's seat. You drive, it comes with you. Mm. Yeah, and and how you were saying, I think you said last time the potty man, I think Joe told you something like that, like, it's okay not being okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) She said, um... (laughs) Can you accept that right now you can't accept? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, I feel so good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah I really. can do that. I can do that. That's, that's actually pretty easy. Yeah, yeah. Because like you said, then man, when when it's in front of you and you witness it, you witness the thought before it becomes spoken into, whether that's actions or spoken out to the world, yes. whatever you're about to say. So that becomes the power because the thought didn't get a chance to change your reality. Yeah? Right. You you. Claim your power of choice, yeah, exactly. rather than it choosing for you. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Flip, flipping it as well with um, let's just say um, what's a good one like, like jealousy. Um, I, I support this person instead of feeling jealous by him. Mm. Yeah, it feels and, nice. And it takes it? it takes all the takes everything away. Yeah, the reframe. Like um, yeah, that was a big one with 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 a girlfriend. Yeah, I support her going to fuck another guy basically. And mm. and going to be happy and enjoy her life, mm. that's hard. <laughs> mm. But that sets you free. Yeah, it fucking does. Yeah, that's, that's literally. I love I love her. I mean, as much as I possibly can in this situation. It's like that's hard. But um, I keep saying it's hard, but it was hard at the time. I would say it's a lot, a little bit easier now. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um. So, what's 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 the future? Yeah. What's the what courses, what Woo. mentorships, what are you doing? What What are the people Look listening me. can jump on and, and start working with <laughs> you, bro? A, what a convo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I knew it was going to be big. Yeah. <laughs> delightful. How delightful. Um, so, yeah, near f- immediate future. Mm-hmm. Next week I have a six-week group coaching course for women. Fuck yeah. Sick. I ran that at the end of last year and and it was born of requests from the community, from, you know, the, the people that follow Rhythm Health. Lots of women would be like, hey, when are you doing something for, I've been doing men's work for about seven years now and focusing, you know, always coaching anybody, but often my programs are geared towards men's work. So anyway, there was this request and I was like, you know what? I fucking, I'm going to make something. Like mm-hmm. I hear you and I fucking love that you are hungry <laughs> to like do the work. So I made this six week holistic, um, yeah, like uh, 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 a group coaching experience that is very much, it's called essence and that is what it serves. It serves connecting to to one's individual essence and then learning the um, the blockages to that coming through and then also learning the tools and the frameworks and the structure and the community support and the accountability in actually bringing that through and, and expressing one's authentic essence. And fucking hell, the last one was like way better than my – I had higher expectations. It 
fully surpassed it. And we had 30 women in there. Wow. And um, they showed up. Like they, they, they chicks show up, up huh? Chicks. Man, <laughs> They're ready to do the work, so huh? So inspired. Yeah. And, you know, what I really love as, as a coach and a facilitator, I'm like, use me for fuck's sake. Like it's built. We're here. We've got our form. Ask me the questions. Like mm. that's what I'm here for. Mm. And then we feed the container. And, and so there was so much of that and there was so much life force in that and so much alchemy in each individual intention that was, you know, placed into the alchemical pot of our group, it was amazing. So yeah. anyway, love that. Um, um, the next one starts Thursday next week. So I'm taking in um a new intake. Mm. Um, that's still open. And then for my men's mentorship that I run, that's this will be the seventh run of it. That starts fifth of February, and that's a three month container. That's a that's a deep dive journey too, um, and it's a, it's a structured journey. We have a an online portal that has a, a a curriculum, a pre-recorded curriculum. We do group coaching. There's a bunch of one-on-one coaching as well, which is always amazing. It's just so it's just so potent that one-on-one mm. you know work, um, and then the group coaching supports that and amplifies that. Um, and we also have a forum as well throughout that three months, which is a, you know, it's a private private forum where any questions, any shares, any reflections, Amazing. any fucking questions are welcome. So that kicks off Sick. 5th of Feb. And so that's open for application at the moment, man. So the, the, the near future is that stuff. In my 12-month vision, um, I have workshops created communication workshop which i'm really excited for it's like a well let's say you know holistic but it's like multi-dimensional communication it's like yeah this is what we do this is the the, these are the roles as communicators and then these this is all the 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 meta communication skills that help you become a master communicator Mm -hmm. so i want to teach that in about a four-hour workshop and then um i'm putting together an in-person so when I f- the first men's work offering that I ever offered was called Conquest and it was a six-week in-person um, group coaching experience basically and we, we go through different themes each week. I'm bringing that back sick, and I'm bringing, sick. In, that was great. bringing in other facilitators as well. So it won't mm. just be me um, offering facilitation, gifts, teachings, experiences like that. So that's in the formation phase. So and then – uh, one-on-one coaching is always on the table for me as well. Cool. So that Eugene's booked that in through my website. Nice. RhythmHealth.com? RhythmHealth.com, yep. yeah. R-H-Y-T-H-M, health.com. Nice. And RhythmHealth on Instagram. Check all this stuff out. Yeah. All the, all the good stuff. Thanks, yeah. Man. Love your vision, man. Yeah. I want to see... Uh, I want to see more content from you. Yeah, like, wow. It's the hard thing, right? Because you're so living what you're doing, but people need it, bro. Yeah, you guys are the role models for that <laughs> far out. I'm like so far in your wake. Like, wait up, guys. Well, You're like, bam, 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 bam. It's all such good quality. You know what the biggest tip I got, man, that I now realize is putting someone on way sooner than you think. People think they, they the, like someone that helps you do that. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, because with Harry, like we – we put him on, man, and he's fucking just – it's changed our business. It's just like it's we're launching it. it out now. We couldn't do that by ourselves. Like yeah. we, we could, 
But we weren't going to because energy and was yeah. what shit, other shit we're doing. We didn't even answer any emails. Like we had 3,000 <laughs> yeah. emails. Yeah, we were just so bad at it. Wow, and it just yeah, wasn't yeah. what we're good at, you know. I don't want to be good at it either. So it's like mm. um, it's it's really important. As soon as there's like fucking a little bit of money there put aside even for a day a week or something, it's so worth it. It's cool. so worth it. I really noticed that they pay for themselves relatively quick and people live in this fear of like, oh, I can't afford that yet because it's just fuck it. If you, if you can start that leap, it really uh, made all the difference for us. And I think that's what will hold a lot of businesses back a lot further. Even we nearly didn't do it straight away. We only did it because we dropped 11 grand on this business mentor meeting. They're like, well, this is what you got to do now. I'm like, fuck, all right. Just pay 11 grand to you. better fucking do it. And <laughs> glad we did, you know? Yeah. Nice. So. That was the fourth pillar was a, was a video guy. No, third pillar. Yeah. And, and um, we were just like, and then we, we listened to this podcast and the guy's like, how do you expect your brand to get out there if there's not a camera in your face? Yeah. And I was like, shit. And I just think like from what I've what we've learned so far is definitely that. I was like, that's almost like for me, like number one. Mm. And like someone as marketable as you see yeah. it, like talking to Sheridan about it the other yesterday on the podcast as well. Yeah. Like, holy shit. Like Yeah, it's like see. he was saying when he posted four times a day, he got twice the results of posting twice a day. You know what I mean? Like more sort of was better. It's simple maths, hey? <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah and, and it has to, right? Creating shit. Like. That, that's more money, but not only is it more money, it's more freedom. It's more you spreading your th- whole legacy to the world, which is what the world needs. Totally. Because mm. the money just buys so, these cameras. You know what I mean? Yeah. But we don't really see the money. It just it just more. goes back into the business. <laughs> but then it's more like... More cameras. Yeah. <laughs> we got seven <laughs> now. <laughs> There's one like directly GoPro on my chest. Yeah, and like you know, Jake, Jake just loves the best shit, and so do I. So yeah. like, all right, fuck. Yeah, n- none of those look. Yeah, shit. They it's like nah. some, next level. I got some overkill cameraman that's like I don't even use anymore, and it's fucking. I got this Mac Studio. It's like the best Mac thing. I haven't turned my computer on in like two months. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you don't need to now. We've got yeah. a video guy. But Harry just moved into my house. A video guy. So oh, now he's gonna. Sweet. Now he's gonna film more home content and stuff. And now he can use that Mac that I got sitting there. So yeah, which would be. Yeah, be sick to see see more more of that stuff of you this year, which I know you were talked about. No, uh, so keep saying sick. it till you see it. I appreciate the yeah. uh, I appreciate the encouragement and the, mm. the the loving boot up the ass of like like you say how it's like later isn't the time. Now is the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's totally. like it's it like quick, bro. Yeah, it's like you seeing the the mental emotional stuff that you know for us holding accountability for you know, our message to the world, yep. you know what I mean? And that's what I see. I see that angle of like, okay, get the camera in your face. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. It's the same thing. 100%. Yeah. 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 Let's 100%. fucking all grow. <laughs> What's up? And you. And you. Yeah. <laughs> and you. <laughs> I love uh, it, dude. But thank you so much for coming yeah, on. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we've thank got to get you. We've got to get you and Juliet on as well. Oh, love be, to yeah, have. Yeah. I, I said that the other day to her um, in a text message. I think you were in the text message too. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No, what's wait, wait, what? <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> you have a number? <laughs> um, no, it was something about the cleanse, and I was like, got to get you guys on. So, Fuck yeah, yeah. That'd be, so that'd be a hot seat, dude. Yeah, I know. I'd love cool. to delve into all the sex stuff, like yeah, and and relations. Like, fuck, you guys are a power couple, eh? Oh, mate, we are. Yeah, we're two humans who choose to show up in our fullest capacity that we have yeah. any any day or moment. Yeah. Love yeah. it. Love, love that. It. Yeah, we'll do that. All right. All right. All right. Well, love you guys. Appreciate you. Yeah. you. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening. Do as we uh, do as we oh, say, yeah. not as we do. <laughs> subscribe and like and all the things. Again. Yeah. Like and subscribe. Yeah. Love you guys. Thank you.